Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Canner Podcast. I am joined today by Courtney Thomas. You might remember her if you've been listening for that long, which if you have, good for you. And uh, it's been, see, let's see, I think episode 49 is the last time that Courtney's been on. She is a personal trainer, a running coach, and uh, an online or virtual trainer also. And she's been mentioned in uh, tons of articles and been in tons of articles and, and magazines. And um, if you want to know more about her specifically in the first episode, go back and check that out, episode 49. But uh, the last time we were on, we kind of discussed, um, you know, the importance of, of strength training really in running and uh, exercise in terms of from a female perspective. And I saw a post that she put out, uh, I think it was on Instagram. And it was basically her giving a talk, a professional educational talk about women and fitness, uh, an opportunity to reframe, I think is basically the, uh, the title. And I think it's really important that we kind of put this into, into scope, fitness and how it relates to not only the female uh, physique, but how that, how that shapes the mind also. And um, I'll let Courtney do a little more explaining, but Courtney, thanks for joining the show again. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it as well. So tell us a little more about what you spoke about, where it was. Give us some context. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I uh, did a presentation at a uh, fitness conference that is called the Fitness Summit. It happens every year in Kansas City in early May, and it's just absolutely a fantastic conference. And like, I'm not here to plug it, but I am here to say if you're a fit pro, like it's something to check out um, outside of the, uh, the like larger national conferences. Um, and, you know, I have learned a ton there. This is my third year there, my first year speaking, and I've learned a ton, like all kinds of stuff for coaching, all kinds of stuff for, you know, programming and difference from sci- the science and nutrition and mobility, like all this kind of stuff. And this year I was asked um, to speak somewhere in the realm of uh, women and hypertrophy. Um, Cause again, that's something that we sort of touched on a little bit uh, last time that I was on the podcast here, you know, was obviously strength training for women and hypertrophy and like how that kind of fits in and had done this project with Jen Sinclair, um, the bigness project, you know, and muscles and women and like all this good stuff that I'm like really passionate about. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a big realm you know, and there are a lot of things happening yeah. there. Um, and essentially I kind of, well, I, <laughs> true story. I rewrote the speech like five different times <laughs> because it is such a like wide breadth and depth of, you know, topic and, you know, all these different layers, but, um, kind of, you know, what I came down to was speaking to an audience that was mostly fitness professionals and some like, you know, very strong fitness enthusiasts too. Um, it's still relevant, you know, that like 
when it comes to women and fitness and bodies, like it's really important to be aware of how we're talking about them. (laughs) And that's like the number one step, you know, for ourselves and around others and, you know, like just being aware of all this, you know, all this conditioning and this rhetoric and all this stuff that's out there and how that's affecting what we do and affecting our clients. Um, so that's kind of the the direction that I took it. And um, it, it ended up being really well received. And I'm, I'm really happy with that. Like, it's, uh, it's an important topic. And I think one that, um, you know, again, at least we should start to become very aware of um, in how we're working with our female clients, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And the, and the total interaction too, not just inside of the gym, but how we interact with them on the outside, you know, when they're dealing with everything in their personal lives and all that, yeah. you know, that, that comes into the gym with them, right? Absolutely. I mean, that, so there's a lot of, I don't, I, I use this term very, very loosely, but there's, there's baggage that comes along with every yeah. client, you know, I mean, with, with everybody, men, men and women, but um, everybody faces like some kind of image difficulty, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the majority of the people that we see in the gym, number one, probably for some, I'm sure it's totally different, but most people want to just look good. But mm-hmm. what, what does that actually mean in terms of uh, what it means to a female, a male, you know, and, and it, can we shift it to like performance, <clears throat> things like that? So, mm-hmm. um, so dive a little deeper into that. Yeah. And like you really hit it there. And that's kind of like where I start with this, you know, like, again, a lot of how this goes, like as fitness professionals is that we tend to assume about our clients. Um, You know, we have a little bit of bias from, you know, our, like you said, baggage. Um, But like, we make a lot of assumptions, you know, about what our clients goals might be like what it might take to reach them what's the exact right thing for them at the right time, you know, all this kind of stuff. And when it comes to women in fitness, a lot of the industry and like the world in general is assuming that female clients are coming to us with a goal of somehow related to becoming smaller. And, um, you know, even there are certain parts of the industry that are doing really well with getting away from that, but still like there are some parts of it that aren't quite working out, um, you know, or just like not, not quite fitting, missing the mark a little bit. Um, you know, so again, my big thing is that right, especially now, now more than ever, we have a responsibility to be very conscious of this language and our, the power that we have behind it and a responsibility to become really aware of what we're saying. And also then, you know, some of the things that we're leaving left unsaid, because that can be just as powerful. Um, yeah, definitely. So, you know, we want to be really, really aware of that. Um, like you said, some of that, like what people are kind of bringing in and what we're assuming and everything, a lot of it has to do with, you know, what is out there for women and bodies right now, you know, and the vast majority of that in the mainstream world has been, you know, thin is in for like decades, you know, and um, that essentially puts a lot of women and their options into, you know, fitting this cultural picture, this ideal of feminine beauty, and it's really limited and it's really narrow. And like your only option is get smaller, get leaner, get thinner. Um, you know, and we can never be happy or worthy as women unless that happens. Um, and this like, 
you know, I, I did a lot of research and it's crazy how much research is out there. Actually, I probably only scratched the surface, but this thin ideal, um, it has a really profound effect on female body image. Um, it, you know, obviously, especially in recent generations, uh, because obviously that the ideal picture of a female body has changed over time. But again, in recent generations, like in our lifetime and our parents and grandparents lifetime, for the most part, like it, that we all can picture that like, you know, thin, long, lean, whatever, lithe, like that type of woman. And um, that picture has had a profound effect on female body image. And then that in turn affects overall self-image, self-confidence and self-esteem. And it, studies have shown that not only the influence of media, um, you know, but also stuff like social media, that's been studied too. It, like women exposed to this have um, higher levels of anger, anxiety and depression and overall appearance dissatisfaction. And then it's even stronger for women who report internalization of this. Um, and that, you know, that's pretty, pretty common. Um, again, more studies show that uh, negative body image and body dissatisfaction are very highly prevalent um, from prepubescent girls all the way up to women in their 20s and 30s. Um, you know, sociocultural influences have an effect on girls from a really young age. And that leads to all kinds of unhealthy body attitudes and behaviors, including disordered eating, could include, you know, eating disorders, even in the extreme um, media and fashion influences that exerts strong pressure to be thin, again, to fit this cultural picture of, of you know, ideal attractiveness as a female. And this is the stuff, again, that, like you said, women walk into us with all of this baggage, you know, when they come into the gym, yeah. it has a lasting effect throughout women and their adult lives. Um, and it's, it's, it's a big deal. Um, and then beyond that, again, more studies, like there's, there's so much of it. Immediate family and friend social culture actually has more of a direct impact or can have more of a direct impact than even media or social media or any of that stuff. All of those learned beha behaviors women very much tend to internalize even more. You know, it's the stuff that we learn from our mothers and our grandmothers or, you know, female family members, aunts, cousins, closest friends. That has an even higher potential for internalization of the thin ideal. Um, you know, and that stuff, like, I mean, I can think of one woman in the, like, seven years or so that I've been doing this who legitimately did not take on a... a at least quite a few very meaningful like negative body image behaviors or associations or whatever from her mother, like one client I can think of. Wow. I mean, it's, it's very common if you have a lot of um, conversation with any of your female clients, you know, I mean, it's even stuff like, Oh, my mom was like, Oh honey, you would look so cute. If only you lost yeah. weight, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. <clears throat> and and don't you think that those same those same people probably will bring up not even what they said, but how how their parents look or how their mother yes. looked. Yes. Well, my mom looked like this, and her her mom looked like this, and they did this. And you know, it's interesting. I want to go back to something you said earlier, just about the social media presence. Mm -hmm. I I, I kind of reverse engineer that in my head, and it's like you go from 
you know, go back, you know, 50, 60 years. Let's just go back to like the 1950s when we didn't obviously didn't see help. We didn't see most of this stuff, you know, 10 years ago, yep. but, but you go from the, the print ad where, you know, models, models look a certain way. And then, you know, 20 years later, let's say you just go jump into, um, you know, the seventies and eighties model look models look this way. Plus you're seeing it more in more types of print. You're seeing it um, on TV, yeah. more uh, billboards, and then you got cigarette ads, things like that. Yeah. And, then you, and then you jump into like the nineties and the, and the, the two thousands. And, you know, obviously the internet has a huge yeah. impact on that. And now even with that, you're bombarded with, you know, if you do a search for a swimming suit, well, guess what shows up in your, in, on every single page that you go to in the corner is some freaking model in, yeah. in a bathing suit. Yeah. So just because you looked at bathing suits doesn't mean you're looking for that specific bath, bathing suit and that specific <laughs> style. You know, and you, if you do that day in and day out, day in and day out, of course, that's going to linger with you unless you're, you know, a unique butterfly <laughs> and you block those things out of your mind. But I mean, it, it, like you said, it's just, it's every single place. And then you, uh, then you add the, the part of the family aspect to it. And that's, that's even stronger. Yeah. And, and that too, like, I know it's interesting. Like, like you said, even if you're a person who's like, you know what, I never was into this. I'm not, or I'm not into it any longer. I don't watch TV, you know, whatever. Like even without that direct exposure, like family and friends, can still cause that internalization because those families and friends might have internalized those ideals themselves. Like, which that too, I see a lot, you know, it's like, Oh, I don't do this myself. But then, you know, you get into this group of women who like, you know, the first thing they say is like, Oh, you look so great. And you're like, Oh no, you do. And they're like, Oh no, but my tummy's fat. And you're like, Oh wow. You know? Even if you never look at a magazine, like it's very hard to get away from in our society. Yep. And then you have this, then you had this aspect to, to piggyback off that, that conversation. <laughs> then it's like, well, if I worked out as much as you did, I would look right. that good too. Well, I don't, I could always do more. And it's just like, yeah. wow. Yeah. So yeah. how can you support those kind of clients um, that, that maybe that have that kind of attitude, have that verbiage around each other or with a, with the trainer or the coach? Yeah. So like a lot of that really comes down to like having a lot of conversation with your clients. Um, you know, like I talk about it, it's starts with a, it has to be a comprehensive approach. Like, and this is a controversial thing, um, among in the world of coaching, um, especially like S and C coaching, um, but personal training as well. Um, that, you know, it's, it's personal training and it's, you know, it's working out and whatever. And like, that's all you do. And you should never talk about anything yourself or have any type of relationship or be friends or anything like that. But that's like not how humans work at all, (laughs) you know? And like you, you cannot compartmentalize a woman's workout and her relationship with her body away from everything else, you know, away from all those influences, away from all of her life experiences, what she has going on now, her kids, her, maybe a partner, maybe work, like all of this stuff goes together. Right. So it's definitely a comprehensive approach. And like in that specific instance, like, you know, one of the things that you want to do is talk to her, like get to know her life. Right. You know, like, so, um, that's, that's a super common thing. Like women getting into groups of women who like are not into this 
you know, idea yet of like piecing away that, you know, their whole meaning in life, it isn't just to achieve this picture of, you know, this bodily ideal. Right. So like, it's hard to not fall back into those old patterns, but like, then as a coach, it's important to know like, okay, so you're going to this wedding this weekend, you're going to see all your sorority sisters, you know, that they are a certain way. And like, you're not like that anymore. You don't talk to yourself that way anymore. You know, like whatever, like I, you know, I talk to my clients about like, it's okay to say like, Hey, I don't, I don't talk about myself negatively like this in my body anymore. Um, and it makes me really sad that you guys do. Um, but really could we just change the subject? And like, oftentimes that's like really jarring and it's very difficult in, in groups of friends or family or whatever, but like, it's a huge, it's a huge step and it really makes a difference. And also it just like disarms the whole thing usually. Yeah, that makes um, sense. <clears throat> or, um, a lot of times too, again, like knowing what your client is going through, like if they're going to a thing like that, like I'm, you know, texting her, like, here's what you say, here's what you do. Remember, like, you don't have to do this, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, literally texting her things to say and things to remember, um, you know, but if you, if you weren't like tapped into that maybe happening on a Saturday or something, you might be surprised or like you might have this huge setback when your client comes in on a Tuesday and like, the entire session is her like super down and feeling like crap and whatever, because she's around all these people who are like berating their bodies all day. Right. You know? So again, like you want to know that stuff so that you can help support her in that. So it's, it's not this negative downward spiral that happens every time she's in those social interactions, yep. you know, and she can continue to keep, you know, moving forward with her goals and like living her life <laughs> with yeah, all, outside of this one. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that brings up an interesting question because let's say you have someone that you've been working with for a long time, um, you know, and you've, you're trying to change that mindset and the behaviors and, you know, the, the overall attitude. And is it up to the coach to maybe, maybe your client, maybe she hasn't said anything like what she used to say. And like, let's just say a week. You know, that's very unusual and, you, and you're noticing that. Is that something to bring up? Should you bring that up to her or should you just wait for something to happen? You know, what, is there a fine line there? Where, where do you cross it? Do you mean like she... Yeah, like she, she, she stopped saying, you know, I'm, all of those kind of cues that we were talking about earlier. She stopped telling you that, you know, she's... Um, the negative she stuff. worked out more. Yeah, all the negative yeah. stuff. It's been like a week and you've noticed that. And even if you haven't noticed a change in her overall mental attitude, maybe in the gym or outside of the gym, if you see her, is it up to the coach? Do, do you kind of dig back into that and say, hey, how are you doing with this? And I, I noticed you haven't done this. Or do you kind of just let it ride until something comes up? I've, I mean, I think that's a function of, you know, your, your relationship with your client, yeah. you know, again, and again, that's so unique to every coach. But like, for me, like, I'm on such a like conversational basis with my clients. Like then to me, like if we're going down that road, we're pretty much constantly going down that road, you know, like some conversation is going to happen probably every, every session, you know, we might have some texting or emailing or something in between sessions, you know, it's like sharing articles or I heard this podcast or, you know, whatever, like, so it, it's, um, it, it has to do with kind of changing the conversation and then continuing it, you know, like, cause there's always like next steps, you know, again, like, <clears throat> so 
it's not just that you're like stepping away from, you know, this stuff and all of a sudden you never see these outside influences or, you know, like all that kind of stuff. It's just that like, so then we're, you know, we're talking about different things. We're, you know, realizing like, okay, maybe like you said, we can focus on something different, like performance or like other aspects of your life. Like, oh, you like knitting? Like, cool. Now you have time to knit because you're not like freaking out about, you know, doing seven hours of cardio every week. Like, you know, so like, it's kind of a continual, a continual conversation is what I have found with my clients anyway. Yep. I I think you're totally right. And depending on the person, depending on, yeah, once you build a relationship, you completely understand how to interact with that person. So does it show itself in maybe the, the clothes that they wear? Yeah, totally. So like that, again, then goes back to that, like, that ideal, right? Like, so especially if you've got this group of like, you know, pretty fit women or whatever, like if anybody feels, even if it's not the reality, if we feel that we're not living up to that, then again, like we're not good enough. We're not worthy, like all this stuff. And it is, you know, a, a downward spiral. And again, like that then becomes that comes into then too, like what the fitness industry is providing, right? Like, because for a very, very long time, again, for many decades, the fitness industry has very much played into that, you know, like, so it's, here's the ideal, but we are here to help you achieve this ideal oh, and yeah. Often yeah. for, for a very long time. It's be, it's been with that one singular option of like weight loss, fat loss, some kind of program to get lean, you know, something like that. And that's the only way to go. And, you know, then again, it's like, you can be in that quote unquote picture, that ideal, whatever, but women are conditioned and have this internalized thing like that. It's never good enough. Like, and for our whole lives, we're going to continually strive to be smaller and thinner and leaner and whatever. And like, that's, that's again, where then it's our responsibility to kind of change what that picture looks like. Like you said, bringing in things like, okay, maybe, maybe like strength or performance or having some level of body acceptance and positivity, like in favor of like, you know, spending all this time picking ourselves apart or being embarrassed or not being in the moment or, you know, whatever to like actually enjoying life. Right. You know? Um, So as, as fit pros, then like it becomes definitely facilitating the conversation, however we can again. And that certainly is on your, you know, however your relationships are with your clients, um, you know, but then opening up options. And, you know, for me, obviously that main option becomes hypertrophy, which is the opposite of the thin ideal, you know, like hypertrophy is literally trying to get bigger on purpose. Um, so that, you know, and it is something that like is kind of a dance because it is highly associated with a certain physique typically and with physique change. And a lot of times when you say hypertrophy or bodybuilding or whatever, somebody pictures a bikini competitor on stage, um, or they picture like a Ms. Olympia, which is a whole other different deal. Um, but that is kind of where this whole opportunity to reframe kind of comes in because I have found, and I really believe that hypertrophy can be a tool to start this conversation and to really like open up a lot of freedom for women to get away from that whole thing of, like you said, one woman comes in and she's in her, you know, I don't know, tank top and booty shorts or something. And then another woman is like, oh my God, I have to wear this schlubby t-shirt and sweatpants because I'm hideous. Like, 
that's really common. Women yeah. say those things to themselves. And, um, you know, we, 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 we want to try to start to step away from that situation. Definitely. I think that's really important in the screening process for a coach or a trainer to when they're digging in for a person's why, if they could, if you can attach it and if you could find it, then that's awesome. Chances are, you know, those things aren't going to come up in that first meeting. Maybe they do. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't, but pointing out other, other markers and, and benchmarks to reach for, like, let's say like, you know, a bone and density screening test or some other kind of marker besides, you know, the tape measure and the BMI screening yes. and things like that. Something else that really gives some structure around what they're doing is more than changing their body comp. That's just a side See, benefit. Like you will change, that's going to happen, but here are the other benefits that you can also focus on that are even more beneficial. Right. Yeah. And the important thing is, is that those changes, like they don't have to be only to that cultural picture of this certain ideal. Like that's again where like kind of the problem comes in. Like that's the only goal we have to get to that, that picture, you know, like, well, no, maybe not. Like maybe your healthy picture is completely different than that. And that is fine. And like you said, we can achieve it by all these other different methods that are fun and, you know, all these other things in your life will start to improve. And that is a better marker than just, you know, weight or the tape or the, you know, whatever that stuff. And it's funny that you brought up like that initial interview thing. Cause that was one of the big things that I touched on. And obviously one of my like huge things is like, you know, like you said, it's really typical for people to walk into you, your gym, you know, email you, whatever. And like, they're like, you know, no, I'm totally cool. Like, I don't have any of these internalized things. I don't, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have any body image issues at all. I'm great. And you know, whatever. I just, I just want to like, I just want to lean up a little bit, or I just want to do this or that or the other thing. And like, that's cool. In some cases, that's, you know, that's true. But most of the time, I would argue that that's when you want to actually really dig in with the client and ask a lot more questions. Um, you know, like, why is this your goal? And they'll yeah. answer. And then you'll ask why again. And then they'll answer and you'll ask why again. And like probably a couple more times, like what or who influenced this goal or this ideal for you? And they'll yeah. answer and why. And they'll answer and why, you know, like, why is this important to you? And they might think about that one a little bit more and they'll answer and you'll say why and they'll and continue down the why line. And like, how will this have a positive impact on your life? That's and usually so, that one so is a pause, you know, like, yep. Oh yeah. Just the what else, what, what else, what's like, that's when you really get deep. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and like, you want to make your clients think that way. And like, again, like you kind of get the picture there, like you will likely help the client discover some heavy stuff that they didn't think that they had, right. That they weren't fully aware that they were carrying with them or holding on to. But even if not, it's still a worthwhile exercise for the reason that you said, because they're going to discover a, a meaning that's really, really tangible for them that will carry them through their training. That's going to keep them really committed and consistent and stuff like that, you know, like, so it's definitely about discovering your why and your meaning for doing all of this. But like that whole, like, how will this have a positive impact on your life thing? Like, 
I've had so many clients that I ask that to and they're like, well, you know, I just need to like lose this little bit of fat around my tummy. And I'm like, yeah, that's not, that's not, okay. <laughs> how is that holding you back from like parenting? Yeah. You know? And they're like, well, I mean, it's not. And I'm like, okay, so how will this improve your life? And they're like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, no, you can't answer. I don't know. <laughs> and like, so you go through these conversations with your client and like, that's when you get like unpeel the layers, you know, and then you can really start to work with them. And oftentimes, like you said, certainly like really we should, we want to get people moving. We want to get them healthy, like, you know, all of that stuff. But like, the other stuff will come too, you know, once you find that meaning that is more tangible, that isn't just like, I want to look like this person, then the outcomes and the results longer term and the lifestyle changes are often way more meaningful and sustainable. Definitely. And that might take you who knows how long weeks, months, mm-hmm. you know, however long it might take the, the lifetime of that client while you're working for that for that person, <laughs> yeah. you know, to who knows, but it could be the very first time, you know, and, and everything in between. Courtney, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to share all of that. And I, it's just super, super important topic for everybody to listen, uh, listen to, especially coaches, especially trainers. So uh, do, you, do you know where you're going to be giving the actual speech, actual lecture to? And, um, you know, I am, I, am, everybody? I am putting it out there um, as a proposal for several of the, you know, larger national conferences. And okay, perfect. Um, I'm just going to continue to do that for the rest of 2017. And I'm sure a lot of those are already events that will be in 2018. But I mean, I will definitely get it out there when I, when I start to hear things back. Awesome. And when you do, you start hearing things back, shoot them to me and I'll, I'll push it out there also. If someone has any, any questions, comments, concerns, where's the uh, best way to reach you? Um, you can find me on social media anywhere at like at K Thomas fitness or Courtney Thomas fitness. It's with a K, um, and, or on my website, CourtneyThomas.com. contact me anytime, email me, whatever. I, I love to meet new people and talk about this stuff, especially. <laughs> yep. Talk is shop, man. There's nothing like it. <laughs> yep. Well, all right, Courtney, I appreciate taking the time again and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor.